Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. G'day and welcome to That's Incredible. My name's Andrew Datto, and this is a podcast about the unexpectedly awesome things that are literally all around us. And they might be things that you've never noticed before. Now, being curious and noticing things is what scientists do every day. They want to know why the world around us looks and feels and smells and tastes the way it does, and they're really curious. Like, they might look under rocks to see what lives there. I'm not saying they taste what lives under rocks. They might smell what lives under rocks, but they're not... Look, you often smell what lives under rocks. Sometimes you've tasted what lives under there as well. At the beach, it's probably salty. A scientist would say, well, gee, you know what that is? That's from the salt of the ocean. Why, it collects there, and that's what a scientist does. They're curious. Naturally, they want to learn about what's living in the world around us. They'd look at that stuff in your belly button. Look at it now. Quickly, put your tea. Oh, my God. It's full. That's disgusting. Well, a scientist would go, I wonder what that is. And they would be able to tell you. Scientists just want to know. And when they come home from work, there's a chance that a scientist will have discovered something, something that no one else has even seen or thought of or even experienced before. They are genuinely incredible human beings. Today, we will meet a scientist whose office is one of the hottest and scariest places in the world, a volcano. But before we get up close and personal with the magma, let's find out some facts about science with our cast of incredible kids. In 2018, the Ig Nobel Prize for Physics was awarded to a study on why wombats do cubed poo. A wombat does about 100 square poos a day. Their poos are cubic, not because they have a square bum, but because they have a long and slow digestive process, usually 14 to 18 days. The square shape means they stay where they are instead of rolling away. Penicillin was discovered by accident. Oopsie! Alexander Fleming went away on holidays and left a petri dish full of bacteria sitting by the window. When he returned, he saw that there was mould that had grown and killed some of the bacteria. Ta-da! Penicillin! Well, blow me down! Scientists invented the webcam to watch their coffee pot. Scientists working at the computing lab at Cambridge University were so busy that they didn't have time to wait for their coffee pot to boil. So someone decided to put a camera next to it and connect it to all the computers in the lab so people could see it. It was the first ever continuous webcam and it became so famous that when it was finally switched off, it was reported on the front page of newspapers all over the world. Extra! Read all about it! 
The average person has 1.8 milligrams of belly button fluff. Oh man, that's gross. You might think belly button fluff isn't important, but there's a scientist that spent three years studying it. He discovered an unknown type of hair that has barbs on it, which traps tiny bits of fabric that collects in your navel. The fluff collects a whole lot of other gunk on its way to your belly button, helping to keep your body clean and tidy. Looks wonderful, all spick and span. People enjoy scratching an itchy ankle more than any other body part. A group of scientists purposely rubbed a plant on a group of people that made them itchy, then asked them to scratch their itches and report which bit of their body felt better. The winner was the ankle. Well, I'll be damned. Switzerland is wrapping its glaciers in blankets to stop them melting. Every summer, Swiss scientists cover the country's biggest glacier with a huge fleecy blanket to protect it from the sun. The blanket is made from a white material that reflects sunlight. The glaciologists say the blanket has slowed down the melting of the glacier by 70%. You can't burp in outer space. When you eat food, your body separates it and the gases rise to the top. But in zero gravity, your food stays mixed together. So burping is impossible. Bees make a whoop sound when they bump into each other. Scientists put a very small microphone and camera into a beehive and recorded the noises the bees made. They found when they bumped heads, they made a whoops noise. Scientists hope that listening out for the whoops will help them work out if beehives are too overcrowded. Excuse me. Trees need wind to grow strong. Scientists did an experiment where they grew trees in a large dome. They grew faster than normal trees, but then they started to mysteriously fall down. They realised it was because trees need wind to build stress in their wood, which makes them stronger so they can grow tall. Some cats have socks because they don't make enough colour cells. Does your cat look like it's wearing a pair of socks on each of its feet? This happens when their body doesn't make enough pigment cells to cover its whole body. It's called piebaldism and it can occur in cats, dogs, horses and even some people. Hi. Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. All right, listen, I don't know how you're all so smart or where those factoids come from, but those kids are unbelievable. And the facts, one of them has got me thinking a lot, like made me actually stop and think for a long time about what is my favourite part of the body to scratch. 
the inside of my elbow. Now, I had to think about that for a long time. I had to think about it long enough for a mosquito to come along, an imaginary mosquito, to bite me on the inside of the elbow, and then I can sit there and go... And the scratch begins sort of painful, and then it becomes sort of pleasurable. And you're looking at it going, oh. And then the white bit comes up, it goes all red around it, and oh, this is a great day. Now I'd want to get stung by something on the ankle so I can scratch my ankle. I don't want to just scratch my ankle, but have a reason. But if that's the best spot, that's amazing and incredible. All right, look, scientists, they study all kinds of amazing things. And today we're going to talk to a scientist who works around rivers, but not normal rivers, rivers of hot magma. This lady's name is Superwoman. It's not. It's Heather Handley. Heather is a volcanologist, which means she spends her working life peering into angry volcanoes. Has to be one of the coolest jobs ever. So what's it like? What sort of science is going on inside those bubbly fire mountains? What do they tell us about the inside of the earth that affects the outside? Here's Heather Handley to take us there. My name is Heather Handley and I'm a volcanologist, which means I study volcanoes. So a volcano is really a vent or a chimney that connects the deep inner earth to the earth's surface and lets off a lot of steam. Volcanoes form in lots of different ways in different places on the earth and the earth itself is divided up into these very hard, rigid plates on the surface which move around slowly. And where those plates collide or crash or come together, we often find volcanoes. Where they pull apart, we find volcanoes. And sometimes just where the inner part of the earth is unusually hot, we also get volcanoes above those areas on the surface of the earth. A lot of the volcanoes we find on the Earth's surface are located in a big ring around the Pacific Ocean. And those volcanoes are formed where one of these tectonic hard plates collides and then goes down below another tectonic plate. As one starts to sink and go underneath the other, it starts to heat up and dehydrate and it starts to sweat. And it's that sweat that comes off the plate that actually causes the part of the Earth to melt called the Earth's mantle. And then when the Earth's mantle melts, we get this molten rock called magma, and then that makes its way, because it's more buoyant, it's lighter, it makes its way to the surface and erupts at a volcano. When that molten rock's reached the surface, we call it lava. When the magma or the molten rock is making its way to the surface and about to be erupted out of the volcano, sometimes if we have a very runny magma and there's not much gas in there, it can just ooze and flow out of the volcano like we see in Hawaii and form a lava flow. But sometimes if there's a lot of gas trapped in that magma and the magma is very sticky, then we get quite explosive volcanic eruptions that pulverize this material, it fragments and it breaks into tiny little glass fragments that go high into the atmosphere in a big ash cloud. Sometimes the magma is full of gas and it's in a sticky magma that the gas doesn't find it easy to escape. And in that case, it can get blown into tiny little glass pieces that can go high up into the atmosphere from a volcano and form an ash cloud or an ash plume. Sometimes that ash plume then doesn't keep going and then it can collapse and fall back down the volcano and hit the slopes and go running down the slopes and form one of these deadly, fast-moving, hot pyroclastic flows 
It will knock down trees and buildings and that will move too fast for people to run away from. You probably hear a big bang, like an explosion, if you lived far away from a volcano when it was erupting. If you live a bit closer, you might feel the ground shake and then hear a bang. And then sometimes you can hear the pitter-patter of maybe some volcanic bombs landing to the earth. Sometimes volcanoes have no smell, but others are really stinky and they smell like rotten eggs. P.U. There are lots of different ways to have a look at volcanoes. So some volcanologists want to actually monitor the volcanoes and find out when or if they can predict that they're likely to erupt. Other people want to research them to find out what's going on below where we can't actually see. So you might take a rock from the surface that's been erupted in a volcano and then have a look at the chemistry of that and try to work out from the chemistry of the little crystals inside it or of the rock itself what's going on deep below the earth where we can't actually see. So Australia has some active volcanoes offshore in the South Indian Ocean. And we do have some active volcanic regions in Australia that a few people aren't aware of on the mainland. So we have the Newer Volcanics Province, which is a, a field of about 400 little volcanoes that spans from Melbourne all the way to Mount Gambier in South Australia. So the last eruption in that field was about 5,000 years ago. The field itself is considered active, but not the actual individual volcanoes in there. Individually, they're clusters extinct, but the field could experience another volcanic eruption in the future. And there's also potentially active fields in northeast Queensland too. So volcanologists usually class a volcano to be active if it's erupted within the last 10,000 years and is likely to erupt again. We class them as dormant if they haven't erupted in the last 10,000 years but may erupt again. And we class them as extinct if we just don't expect anything's ever going to happen again. But in the past, I think there have been volcanic eruptions at volcanoes that have been classified as extinct, so it's a very, a very rough guide. How about Heather Handley? And I wonder if before hearing her talk about her work as a scientist and a volcanologist, if you'd even thought about that would be something you might like to do. That's one of the great things about this podcast. You hear about all different things and then we get to play a game, which is great. Earlier on, we had some factoids. This is your chance to remember them and compete with the people around you. It's the loudest yeller with the right answer wins. So, are you ready? Look around. Give someone a stink eye. Yeah, I'm going to take you down. Question one. What might you find on your cat's feet if it hasn't got the usual amount of pigment cells in its body? If you said socks is the answer, you are right. Not real socks, but fur socks. It looks like socks, but they're furry. It's the cat in the socks. Mm, It doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? That's why Dr. Zeus went with the cat in the hat. Here's an interesting question. Why doesn't wombat poo... (laughs) Sounds like a joke, doesn't it? Why doesn't wombat poo roll downhill? 
because it's square. Wombats have square poo. So next time you need a dice or a board game, maybe you could ask a passing wombat. Next question. What can't astronauts do after finishing a good meal in outer space? Burp. That's right. You cannot burp in outer space because in zero gravity, the gases don't separate from the solid parts of your meal. So when your grandpa comes around next time for dinner and he finishes and goes, go, Grandad, I've got a place for you. And it's not on this earth. This is a great question. I think it might be my favourite, actually. What are Swiss scientists putting on glaciers to stop them from melting in the summer? If you said blankets, you are correct. And a bit of extra trivia on this one. A scientist who studies glaciers is called a glaciologist. So I bet they own plenty of jumpers. All right, to our next question. What would you study if you were a volcanologist? Too easy, that one. You'd study volcanoes. And our lucky last question, which body part do most people enjoy scratching the most when they are itchy? The ankles. And there was a proper, complete scientific study to find out about that. Actually left me scratching my head. That's another place I love to scratch, especially where the hair used to be. I'm bald. Not on the sides, only the top. Like your grandpa. Grandpa, go back to outer space. Okay, time to put on your lab coat and take what you've learned in this episode into your everyday life. Have you heard of citizen science? It's where people, just like you, do things to help scientists collect data. It's actually a really cool idea. It might be counting the number of birds in your backyard or going for a walk in the forest and collecting some fungi, finding samples of possum poo and sending them to a lab. You might want to wear gloves for that one. We will list the Citizen Science website in the description of the episode. It's citizenscience.org.au and they list hundreds of projects that you can be part of. It's a great thing to do over the holidays. Find an experiment you could be part of and then send us a photo of you being a citizen scientist. When you've got the photo, send it to podcast at mamamia.com.au. Who knows, you might win the next Nobel Prize. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you on our next episode. <laughs>